0: Hey friends, I wanted to let you know about an awesome event that's happening at General Assembly at Pont City Market on November 7th, so mark your calendars. It's called Real Food, Real Stories, and it's going to feature the stories of triumph and hardship and entrepreneurialism and starting a business and things that didn't work and a whole lot more. And they're all the stories from local business heroes like Steve Cars, who's one of the co-founders of King of Pops, Jennifer Heidegger-Kendrick of Giving Kitchen and Staple House, and Zach Harrison of Fresh Harvest. And I'll actually be moderating the conversation and we'd love to see you there. And tickets are actually free and you can register online. And it's actually a bit.ly link. So follow along with me real quick. It's bit.ly slash real food, real stories, or you can head to the episode page for more details. General Assembly is a global network of campuses located in over 20 cities worldwide, offering free events and multi-hour workshops and multi-week part-time and full-time courses in design, tech, and business optics. And you can learn more at General Assembly, which is actually General Assemb.ly Welcome to the Atlanta Foodcast. Stories from the people who are making Atlanta the greatest city for eaters. I'm your host, Ben Getz. So the family of Indigo Road and Chef Jeb Aldrich, they've all been on the show this season, and the next stop on my list had to be Claudia Martinez. And if you've been to the Hotel Claremont or Tiny Lou's, you've more than likely seen her desserts, and you've also more than likely been blown away by the presentation and especially all of the flavors that are on your plate. And her story starts here in Georgia, where she's been working her way through many prominent kitchens. And we caught up at the lounge at the Hotel Claremont so I could hear more of her story. So here she is. Do you remember your first memory in the kitchen, by chance?
1: My memory, um, probably just being in the kitchen with my grandmother. She would make arepas for me and my family um, for breakfast.
0: Uh, What kind?
1: I mean, just plain. Really? What (laughs) was in them? Uh, Just butter and cheese. Um, You can do them with any sorts of fillings, like um, shredded beef or avocado. Yeah, I've I've never
0: met an arepa that I did not love and then very <laughs> swiftly consume. Um, that sounds great. Actually, arepas for breakfast is actually something that I've never really done. Oh, really? Yeah. It's always been more of like a savory, like later in the day kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's good. If, if it's just plain and then you have it with like eggs, that's so a great way yeah. to start your morning.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, but without any further ado, <laughs> Claudia Martinez, welcome to the Atlanta Foodcast. Thank you. How are you this morning?
1: Good. How are you?
0: This is great. I'm, I'm catching you on a weekday. A little after nine o'clock and you're not in the kitchen. You're sitting with me. This is wonderful. That's great. (laughs) Um, And this is actually my second time here this season at Tiny Lou's in the Hotel Claremont. So I caught up with Jeb. But I've already like kind of covered a lot of um, history. Yeah. Just a a lot of like Tiny Lou's and Jeb. And then I had Steve Palmer on. We talked a lot about Indigo Road. And so you're just like the next uh, you, you were like the natural next person to have on the show. And um, I'm a huge pastry person, but I'm actually not a huge sweets person. The reason that I'm a pastry person is because my mother, for much of her career, was a pastry chef, and still very much is. Um, so I have a very, very, very soft spot in my heart for pastry. So I'm I'm really excited to to catch up with you. And I've I've had a lot of like good like pastry chefs and their stories on the show. And um, I think you always like bring such an interesting perspective to the kitchen, and um, I'm really excited to talk to you about your menus and um, just very very interesting to, to see how like your plating is and everything. So um, I'm excited to talk to you about that. But before we get into all of that good stuff, we're gonna get to know you a little bit, or I'm gonna get to know you a little bit because it's just me over here. So don't worry. So tell me who cooked for you growing up, and what kind of cook was he or she? <sighs>
1: Actually both my parents cooked for me growing up. We were big about food. Um, It was very important to us so my dad likes to cook like he would just come up with things creatively like do things um, random like whatever was in the kitchen and then my mom was more like Followed recipes. She loved buying like cooking light. She has literally every magazine and <laughs> would cook out of that magazine. <laughs> so, so like, like
0: perfect mag- magazine if you want like <laughs> yeah, I cook think she has like, like a thousand in her house.
1: <laughs> so they That's both great. cooked. Um, they just cooked differently. Um, but and then I grew up kind of trying to learn a little bit as well. Where'd you grow up? Um, I was born in Denver. But shortly after we moved to Georgia, um, I lived in Canton for a couple of years and then it was awful. So my family moved us to Decatur to <laughs> the city.
0: Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, I, I make fun of myself a lot. I don't get outside the perimeter very often. Yeah. And I, I you almost, don't need to. Yeah. So and, and that's usually like the stance that I take It's yeah. like, you know what? I'm having a great time down here. You can come visit anytime you want, and uh, I know that it's a long journey to okay. the big city of Atlanta, <laughs> but I don't want to go to Woodstock or yeah, Canton or something even further than that. So
1: Yeah, I mean, it's getting better over there, but it's, as far as food and stuff goes, it's, n- it's just corporate restaurants like Chili's and stuff.
0: You know, I want to go to Chili's and then Best Buy <laughs> and Target within three miles of each other, you can do that in Canton. I guess you could do that here if you really wanted to, but it's cooler down here. (laughs) (laughs) You have to drive through little Five Points to get there. Um, What kind of eater were you growing up?
1: I actually ate everything. Um, Actually, surprisingly, I didn't eat a lot of sweets. Okay. So my family didn't, like when we went to school, we didn't get like Doritos or uh, a bunch of junk food in our lunch boxes. My mom was very health conscious, so we ate a lot of healthy food and sweets wasn't a big part of my life. So, um, and my mom didn't bake that much. So, you know, if I hit the buffet as a kid, it was always like savory food first. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: do you remember, you know, my wife and I talk about this cause we have two young children. Um, did you ever have the, the, the feeling as a child thinking about becoming an adult? are like, when I'm an adult, I'm going to have dessert first. Did you ever think of that being an option?
1: No, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> but because then
0: you become an adult and you're like, why would I ever do that? Like, that's just such a horrible idea. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just too much sugar all at once. Yes,
0: I agree. Um, so you grew up in Georgia. So tell me your path into the culinary world. Like, how did that happen?
1: um i've always wanted to be in the kitchen i I don't know how it happened probably just my family and my grandmother and it, it was a safe space um, i just wasn't sure what part of the restaurant industry but um, high school wasn't like the best for me i wasn't the smartest person i wasn't making the amazing grades and there was nothing else that like came out to me like, I want to be a lawyer or a doctor. None of that sounded fun to me. I can't sit still too long or be at a desk. So, um, you know, I used to play restaurant when I was little. And (laughs) I thought maybe I looked into it about being a chef. And I think Le Cordon Bleu came to my high school a few times. And I wanted to do that. So I, you know, told my mom about it. And first reaction I guess from parents because both of my parents are like have doctorate degrees uh, you know went to school aren't big on school and my sister went to Agnes Scott so they recommended me doing like a business degree a bachelor's degree at like a you know better school Hmm. and then I checked out Art Institute but luckily I found a school that was able to please me and my family. Um, Johnson and Wales offered like a bachelor's program which it was culinary arts and food service management so it was kind of like what I wanted to do and still have my family I'm happy that I have like a background in something. Very cool. Which yeah. campus did you go to? Uh, Charlotte. Oh, right on. It's yeah.
0: cool. I lived in Charlotte for a little over five years. Really? So, yeah, I made I a lot love of friends. Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte's a good city. Did you yeah. enjoy living there?
1: Yeah, it was great. It was the first time not or living on my own, and I left, and it was kind of like starting over. But um, I met a lot of cool people, and the campus was laid back. It wasn't too big of a campus, everyone kind of knew each other. Um, the class program was cool, it was like 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. every day. I mean, it was it's hard to wake up, but yeah. <laughs> just being in the kitchen all day, then eating with the classmates and learning, and it it wasn't being at a desk or hearing somebody lecture.
0: Yeah. So Plus, being in Uptown Charlotte, like, Uptown's pretty chill. Yeah. You know, like, where the campus <laughs> is, like, like, right on, like, the like South ish side of uptown. You're like, man, there's pretty quiet. It's pretty, que- it's pretty it's quiet. Cute. Like it's pretty cute over here. Like I can walk on the street and yeah. like, this is pretty nice. So it doesn't feel like you're going to school in like a major city. Yeah. You I know, felt though,
1: safe and comfortable. Yeah. There.
0: Yeah. That's super cool. No, I, I love Charlotte. I have a, you know, again, I have a really like great place in my heart for, uh, there's, there's <laughs> Jeff Aldrich, everybody <laughs> <laughs> smiling. He's like, Oh God, not another <laughs> podcast. Um, well, uh, so, tell me about like so you you go to to JW and then you graduate and then so i know that a big part of your career you actually came back here and you were at Eugene so how did how did you make your way back down to Atlanta Yes
1: yeah, so i did the culinary arts program for 2 years and then you know i did the food service management and then i ended up uh liking kind of the front of house side of it so then i started thinking well maybe i want to go into management and not go into the kitchen cuz i like Learning about that side, mm-hmm. um, so I applied at a job in New York for food service management, like to be a on-the-floor manager, and then I applied at Eugene, um, I think as a prep cook. Um, and then they both reached out. Obviously, one of them was a lot more money, but it'd be moving to New York. And then I thought about it, and I was like, you know, I don't think front of house might be what I want to do. So. I will Eugene was the only restaurant that reached back out to me. I you know, sent my resume to all the top fine dining restaurants in Atlanta because I wanted to come back home or move to another city. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really want to stay in Charlotte just because they didn't have as many restaurants like that were fine dining that weren't corporate. Yeah,
0: um, they still don't, don't yeah. worry.
1: <laughs> so they reached back out to me and I actually took a bus down here just for a, a day to do an interview. Um, So we did an interview at Holman and Finch, and they were opening a new concept, Lintons in the Garden. Um, So they offered me the job two days after, and I accepted it, and I moved down here, and I was super excited. Um, I did help. I got hired for um, Lintons in the Garden.
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to think back when that opened. Was this 2013, 2014-ish?
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. Do I have my dates right? Maybe. Everything's a, a blur.
0: Yeah. I'm <laughs> usually a good historian <laughs> in my own right. But I, that I, I sounds got about trouble. right. Yeah. I think so.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Hopefully. Got gotcha. so you. Whoever's listening. So <laughs> for everyone who's listening. <laughs> um, so you moved back down to Atlanta. Yeah. And you're working with Linton Hopkins and his group.
1: Yeah. So I was working at Lens in the Garden. Um, they didn't have an opening for me at Eugene. So they stuck me there. Unfortunately, I was making salads and like grilling cheese Um, the lunch because I was working in the mornings and then working I can't working nights I was just working all the time so I wasn't really being challenged and I felt like I spent all this money on school I'm not learning and now I'm like you know doing cafe style stuff so I reached out to the GM there and I told him I was having you know kind of a breakdown of what I needed to do and I asked him, you know, could I learn the floor a little bit? So he actually put me on the floor serving as well as working in the kitchen, just oh, to wow. kind of see what it is that I wanted to do. Cause I was so indecisive. I love every part of the restaurant. I'm obsessed with it. I just didn't know which part of it was I obsessed with. Um, so I did that. And then a spot opened up at Eugene, which is really what I wanted. And my manager, Alex, you know pushed me to go there and he knew i wanted to do something like that so i started being a prep cook there and then um i did that and i worked at the garden and then i met aaron russell um who was doing the pastry program there and i helped him a little bit and then there was a opening in pastry at night and one of the pastry chefs that was there, it was Jocelyn, and um she they let me like help out at night, so I kind of was just all over the place in the company, yeah, just helping out, and I ended up leaving the garden and going to Eugene full time which is which is great,
0: gotcha, yeah, so you're working in in pastry, like doing night shift, and then I know something a little bit about your story, so you actually after your after your time in Eugene, you actually spent some time in Sweden
1: yeah, so after learning pastry um I worked under Aaron and Mickey a little bit under Jocelyn not too much um, you know it it was cool it was challenging I was never good at pastry I, I didn't do well in school I got like a C and um baking and pastry but then i got an a plus an advanced pastry so it was like i wasn't good at the cookies and brownies like i guess i found that boring but then the advanced pastry class is all the cool stuff the chocolates the sugar and yeah i, I did well in that so class you were
0: you were like born for like tempering chocolate but you're like measuring flour and sugar. like yeah. screw that <laughs> it so is yeah. mundane though yeah yeah
1: but you know the chefs there like Aaron. They made it exciting, made me want to learn it. And he did like savory stuff with it. So it was kind of putting both yeah. of what I learned together. Mm-hmm. And then I literally worked every position, in Eugene as well. I was expo, serving, um, you know, I did everything. And then I got more confused of what I wanted to do. Hmm. So I actually decided I reached out to somebody, I know it's crazy, on Instagram. His name's David Vidal. And he makes the prettiest desserts and I was obsessed with it. A friend told me about the page so I sent him a message, hey I'm feeling really down I'm not sure what I want to do can I come out there I'll work for free for a month I just need to leave Atlanta like take a break from this industry and see what everyone else is doing. He's like yeah you can come down I'm here we'll host you put you up in a house. I was like great and so I just quit my job and I I kind of cut everybody out of my life for a month Wow and left
0: Wow so what was the journey like
1: it was amazing (laughs) I'm so glad I did it yeah I probably wouldn't be here if I didn't do that
0: yeah so Sweden of all places though
1: yeah it was (laughs) I guess it was him it there was no other chef that I was like obsessed with and he All the other chefs that I did reach out to, it was like, oh, fill out this program or you have to be here for at least a year and you have to get a visa. And it's like a whole process. Whereas he was like, yeah, just come down. We'll hang out like you can work whenever. And wow. I mean, my family was a little bit worried about it. It was the middle of nowhere, Sweden. It's called Stromstad. It's like near where the um, port is and they get deliveries and uh, they bring in fish Mm. and seafood. Yeah. Very small town nobody walks anywhere it's just like a ghost town Mm -hmm. except for a couple of hours wow
0: but what an amazing part of your story you know i mean you have someone who just kind of off the cuff is like hey i'll be a mentor come on over to sweden you know it'd be something else if someone's like yeah come on down to you know orlando or it's like yeah we're doing some really cool stuff in birmingham but it's like (laughs) yeah no come on like you know fly to another country and yeah, you yeah. can come learn. It was great. So that's <laughs> wonderful. So was that really like the hook for you in, into, I mean, I, I think, I think it's really interesting reading about you and then seeing a lot of your desserts and um, seeing how you guys are building menus here. It, it is not, um, it is not like your stereotypical dessert menu of, Hey, let's build some margin into the check with a chocolate dessert. And then this, you know, standard, like, st- I don't know, apple strudel or whatever, you know? And it's not like, it's not like hitting the notes that people typically like to see on a dessert menu. You really are mixing a lot of sweet and savory. And then your plating is out of this world. So, um, so was that really like the hook though for you was, was his work and then getting to spend time with him. You're like, dude, pastry's it.
1: I think So he, so he's actually the sous chef and they don't have a pastry chef. So he was just playing around. And the issue I had with pastry was that, a lot of the chefs I've worked for are very straightforward. You have to do it like this. Um, this is a classic way. Like, I'm gonna yell at you if you don't do it this way. Whereas there, we were experimenting. He was relaxed. He was showing me that, you know, it doesn't have to be such an uptight program. Like, have fun. It doesn't hmm. have to be so straightforward and tense all the time. Like, have fun, mix different flavors, work with different fruits. He you know he was a mentor and he didn't kind of like control me it was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do and what he wanted to do then we'd work on stuff together we actually did um like a sweet potato pie he's like I've never had that like let's work on that so we did like a upscale sweet potato pie with what we could find in (laughs) Sweden but (laughs) we kind of did that um then I made fried chicken for family meal it was just like Cool, just showing them other parts of yeah, just American cuisine. But I think that was the turning point. Also, um, the culture maybe a couple like three years ago, four years ago, I felt needed. You know, it was too. We weren't treating people the way we need to be treated. And in Sweden, everyone is really nice. Like you never work more than 40 hours. Like that's a rule oh. there. You know, you get maternity leave is like you can get up to a year um so yeah it was also how it was getting treated like wow it doesn't have to be like yelling or screaming at our staff or you know putting them down and that was also when i was like you know i can help be a part of that change Mm -hmm. of how you treat your staff it doesn't have to be degrading somebody all the time and i want to be a part of that culture change if they can do that in another country we can do that in Atlanta.
0: yeah yeah for sure and So you spent time in Sweden, and then you actually made your way back here.
1: Yeah, so I made my way back. I already kind of knew where I wanted to work, which was Atlas, because I saw Christian Castilla's desserts, and I already knew I wanted to work there. Um, So I met with him briefly before I left for my trip. I was like, hey, I really want to work here. I want to learn from you. I think you're, like, the next step as far as pastry in Atlanta goes. Mm -hmm. So he just told me to reach out when I came back. Um, so I could gain some experience, yeah. so I did that, and then I started with that team, and I worked at Umi Next Door, um, working there as well. So I was working those two when I came back.
0: Gotcha. And then I, I kind of know an, a little bit of your story just from you know chatting with um, with Jeb and then also with Steve. So um, there there comes a point in your story where moving over to Indigo Road, but it's not just Tiny lose You're actually running the pastry I mean, program menu for a few of the different concepts and i believe one of them is Donetto, mm-hmm. and then what would the other one be
1: uh the other one's oku
0: oku Sushi. yeah so here in atlanta so and now you're here, now <laughs> here. so you're working <laughs> at atlas so how long has it been since you made your way over to tiny loos and and everything the like getting
1: high oh um i can't remember i think i hit a year with atlas maybe i didn't um hard for me to remember the past (laughs) (laughs) um but a mutual friend of mine that was friends with Jeb uh we worked at Eugene together um and she told me that she saw like a posting I think it was for Donetto actually for pastry um and she told me just meet with this guy like he's looking for a pastry chef I think he'd be great for it and I told her you know I've only been doing this for like maybe a year like as far as professionally goes under somebody else like the sweden thing was more like internship right and she's like we'll just talk to him so i reached out to him and me and jeb met at um dancing goats coffee actually down the street (laughs) um so we met and i thought it'd be super awkward and it was actually like really relaxed um We just talked about the industry, literally, for like 15 minutes. Just Atlanta restaurants, industry, what he wants to do, what I want to see in Atlanta as far as industry goes, and we both kind of clicked. Like, what he wants to see in Atlanta is what I want to see in Atlanta. Mm. And he's like, you know, you should do a tasting for me. Like, just, and you know, I I was a little scared because I did do a pastry tasting before and I didn't get the job, Mm. so. I was a little bit nervous, but then I was like, okay, I might as well just try it. It's good practice, even if I don't get the job. Yeah. So I did the tasting. Then the tasting ended up being for like Steve, CEO, like five other people. It was like 10 people. And I thought it was going to be for like five. So that was nerve wracking. <laughs> um, so I did the tasting and I was super nervous. I really didn't like anything I made. Um, but then at the end, they sat me down and they were like, this is really good. You know, we want to offer you time to lose pastry chef, but also we want you to do Donetto no coup if you're up for it. And I was like, Oh my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so how long ago was this?
1: I guess, uh, well, we started with the company in January, last January. Wow! So I think I did the interview process like that November. So
0: goodness. So there's, there's two things that come to my mind is, I can see why you and Jeb really clicked because a lot of how your story has unfolded is somewhat akin to Jeb's where he spent a lot of time elsewhere and in other countries as well. So I can see like where you guys were like really like where you drew inspiration from like points in your life. Um, But your your accelerated story into pastry is fascinating because, you know, Trying to find your place in the in the kitchen, or really in the industry, and then finding your way to to pastry from inspiration from someone really becoming a mentor for you, and then you know being here in Atlanta and working for you know someone or, or an outfit like Indigo Road is um is is pretty astounding you know for for the amount of time that you've really concentrated on pastry in your career, and then um you know I I know that you were just named like an eater young gun. You know which for this year right for 2019 yes. not last year yeah and um and it's it's so much fun to to chat with people you know like have you been to tiny lose yet and my question to them is like yes but have you had dessert and everyone that's like that's the part of the that that's it's like the the capstone moment for them of the meal has been you and your team's desserts what's that like
1: overwhelming <laughs>
0: you're like no comment can <laughs> be who, who done with the podcast now um but it has to be it has to be pretty incredible for you to to be able to take inspiration that you've you've gleaned from your career and um and then really taking that to to a point where you're now you're now being able to to make your mark really as a creative as an artist like through your menus and you're you're still driving a lot of like what you like you know, because yeah. if you're not a sweet person, like what better way to really mix sweet and savory and seeing that on your menus is really cool.
1: Yeah, I'm, v- I'm very thankful. Um, this company gave me a shot. Jeb and Steve literally, you know, they knew this was going to be a big project with Hotel Claremont above the lounge. It's historical. They knew it was going to be big. And for them to take a shot on somebody who's never been a pastry chef before. That just shows how how they trusted me and they let me do whatever I want and they're big on culture here which you know is what I want to be a part of and I'm very thankful for that they gave (laughs) me the job
0: yeah so um, talk to me a little bit about your I mean just how, how you develop the the dessert menu I mean here is is really where I know most of your work. Um, right. so I've only been to Neto once, but I'm pretty sure it was like right before you got there, maybe. So I don't know, but, but just talk to me about like, what is it that you like to see on a dessert menu?
1: Um, I think when I wrote my dessert menu, I was thinking about all the different types of guests we have in like some people want chocolate base. Some people want really light, healthy dessert. Others want to see something that's like aesthetically pleasing more complex. So I wanted to, um, stay with like classic French stuff, but have a twist to it, have my Latin influence on it. Um, so I kind of just based it around that and went like chef Jeb and Steve wanted to see. So the crepe cake for sure was going to be on, um, I did a dessert after Blondie, so I kept that on. The Royale is more like me loving chocolate, just highlighting that for people who just want that, nothing else in it. Um, And then the other ones are desserts that I like to eat, like lighter, um, fruit forward, a lot of citrus, acid, stuff like that. A little bit more complex as far as flavor goes. And that's what I like to see on a pastry menu. Um, Different menu like different descriptions something that you've never heard of before Mm -hmm. Um, not I don't I really just can't do like a huge slice of cake or pie that's I don't know I guess that makes me not want to order dessert yeah (laughs) but that's just me Mm -hmm. I just I like to see complex desserts I want to do things that other cities like New York and Chicago are doing where Mm -hmm. they're doing complex stuff I basically when I did my menu, I wanted it to stand up to Jeb's menu
0: yeah yeah and um, you know I think you you really go down the the path that I really enjoy about pastry and um, I like more fruit forward more you know bright citrus acid um, you know complexity in um, lesser known or lesser used citrus in, in dessert. To me, it is more, it's lighter. It's better on my palate after I've had, you know, not always like a heavy meal, but if it's going to be dessert, I'd rather find complexity than indulgence. You know what I mean? For some people, like they just have to like flip that switch off of like, finally I had chocolate and I can end my day. yeah And like, to me, it's like, that's like the last thing that I want on the dessert menu. You know, it's like, well, we've got like the chocolate pie. <laughs> with, you know, more chocolate on it. And people are (laughs) like, oh, yeah, give me that. And like, that's like the number one seller. But you're like, I always want to go for the one. that's like what's like the least loved dessert item on the menu? Like, I want to try that one. Like, what's the weirdest one? You know, like to me, it's more fun that way. I actually just told someone a story Um, when my mom was an executive pastry chef. uh, I was really young. um, She actually did a durian sorbet on her menu. And it was the kind of, it was the kind of menu item that people did not know that they were going to enjoy. And then it was so weird that they loved it. And then when it was gone, they missed it. And then she would like be able to bring it back, you know, but getting durian, it's not like the kind of place where you're just like, okay, cool. Like, Hey, Publix, can you order me a durian? Like
1: like something you crave all the time. (laughs) Can
0: you tell like, what is that? Like, can you tell us like what that is? So, um, but to me, like that's way more exciting, but that's also the way that I grew up. So I, um, I'm definitely with you there. It's it's way more fun to see things on a menu that are, are less common and maybe less celebrated. Right. So, um, well, I, I'm a huge fan of, of what you're doing, Claudia. And I, I mean, again, like I think after catching up with Jeb and Steve and just, you know, seeing, um, how much tiny is really just taken off and really everything that, is really happening under the umbrella of the Indigo Road um, restaurant group um, in so many different states now. Um, it's it's a really cool outfit to be a part of, and I love what you're doing from from the dessert, from the pastry side of things. It's it's really great to watch your work, and especially for you to be celebrated, you know, so much as a as a chef here in Atlanta. And I'm sure that it's it's got to be exciting for you because so much of your career is really just. Like you're, you're still kind of like coming right out of the gate with, with, (laughs) with so much. And I can't wait to see how much more you bring to Atlanta. It's just really cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sure. Um, well, yeah, with like, with the last like minute or so here, um, what would you want to tell everybody? Like, what's the, what's the thing? Like just come get dessert?
1: Yeah. Come get dessert. (laughs) Everybody gets dessert.
0: Everybody gets dessert. Oh man. Claudia Martinez. Thank you so much for joining me. It was a pleasure chatting with you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Many thanks to Claudia for joining me for this episode, and if you didn't actually know, she was actually recently named an Eater Young Gun for 2019, which is a huge deal, especially since the restaurant just opened back in April. So high five to everybody over at Tiny Lou's, and especially to you, Claudia. And if you want to go visit her and Jeb and the whole gang over at Tiny Lou's, definitely get dessert, maybe twice. This podcast is recorded all over our beautiful city and edited over on the east side of town by me, your host. Hello again. Our design is headed up by JJ Goetz. And if you like what you hear, you can support the show right now on Patreon for just $5 a month. I'm your host, Ben Goetz, and you've been listening to the Atlanta Foodcast. Stay hungry.